In today's show, we're looking ahead to Sunday in the NBA. Mick Bolton, he's here. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are here to talk about the games for Sunday. Let's start talking about the games for Sunday. The first one, the Celtics, the Hornets. I want to watch Romeo Langford because he's only getting minutes. He's been doing nothing with him, like almost as close to zero as possible. But how they use him in the rotation with what should be a relatively full go of things. Jalen Brown is returning. Kemba's going to be there. How do they use Langford? Do they prioritize him to Peyton Pritchard? Because Pritchard's been out playing him. Very interested to see how they deploy Romeo Langford in this one. And then also Jalen Brown, who's back after two games. Like well, you know, he's definitely back after two games out. Due to this shoulder problem, hopefully there's no long-term effects here. And he's able to go at uh, at full pace. For the Hornets, I've written down I want to watch Bismack Biombo. Now, let's be honest, that could be like a call for help because nobody in their right mind wants to watch B- Bismack Biombo. But what I do want to see is whatever James Brago does at center. Last game, Cody Zeller, Vernon Carey out of the rotation. This is after he played five centers in the rotation the game before. So does Biombo get that 27 minutes off the bench behind PJ Washington Jr.? Does Zeller get back in the mix? Do we go back to whatever bullshit that was of Vernon Carey starting? That's why I want to watch Bismack Biombo. So I hopefully don't have to watch him, but more to see what the hell they do with that center position. And then also what they do with Jalen McDaniels, who moved to the bench last game. Cody Martin started in place of him. McDaniels still played mid to high 20s in minutes, but if he is going to come off the bench and play 26 instead of 33 minutes, he is a drop. And of course, his value is going to fall completely in the shitter when Lamelo and Gordon Hayward and Malik Monk come back. Whenever that may be, it's probably going to be a few weeks for most of those guys. Lamelo maybe this week, but Haywood uh, Haywood and Monk still out a little bit more time, but McDaniels' value is going to drop, and if he plays 26 in the interim, then he's not going to be worth a hold. Let's go to the next one. It is the Suns and the Nets. Cam Johnson should get another start with Jay Crowder out. Now, Monty Williams has been known to... uh Screw up that position a few times. Shout out to Frank Kaminsky. But Johnson should get that start. Should be an interesting stream to hit some points or hit some threes and get some points there and an opportunity to establish himself in a solid role. Well, last time without Crowder, we had McCall Bridges play like 45 minutes. Now, we know that Bridges' defense is elite, and with Crowder out, you need that extra defensive uh, boost. So how much does Bridges actually play in this game that should see Kevin Durant return? We're going to might have to see a lot of McCall Bridges. For the Nets, speaking of Durant returning, I want to see how they integrate him. But then what does it mean for Landry Shamit? What does it mean for Bruce Brown? Does Shamit move to the bench and Brown starts just because that gives you that, yeah, having the shooting and offense of Durant sort of negates the impact of Shamit or the need for Shamit? I think that's probably what will happen. But Shamit's been getting 30 plus. I'm highly doubtful that he plays 30 in this one, but of course I want to watch it. And then DeAndre Jordan matching up against DeAndre Ayton. Will we get Jordan starting? Will we get Griffin starting? Will we get Green starting? Um, what do Jordan's minutes look like? He is a little bit up and down, but I think while Claxton is out, he does have some short-term stream value. 
The next one is the Grizzlies and the Blazers. Jaron Jackson is resting the first game of a back-to-back here, so we should see Kyle Anderson's minutes push back up. He's been at 25 each of the last two. We don't know whether Jonas Valanciunas is going to play, so he could get opportunities for Xavier Tillman as well. But I think this is going to give a nice little boost to Anderson's value. And I also want to watch what the hell is going to happen with the wave pool DeAnthony Melton. I have absolutely zero trust um, in the minutes that he's going to get. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. But if he plays 25 minutes, I'll add him. And I I can't stop that because I know that it's there. And sometimes, I I guess it's, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me sort of stuff. Yeah, fool me 84 times, Taylor Jenkins, absolute fool on me. But at some point, I've just got to have faith that, no, he'll realize it. Jenkins will realize that Melton should play these minutes. It never happens. But at some point it will. Surely, surely at some point it will. Maybe it'll be this one. As for the Blazers, Yusuf Nurkic blew up. Absolutely blew up. 29 minutes last game. I don't know when he will start or stop sitting back-to-backs. It might not happen this season. It might happen next next back-to-back. But what we saw from Nurkic is why, why I was so high on him heading into the draft. Because I know that he can do it. I know that he can do it regularly as well. It's been a terrible season, up and down with injuries, coming back from, not even coming back from the broken leg, because that was in his rearview mirror. He'd already passed that test. It was coming back from the impact of the pandemic, the losing of family members, the being out of shape, then the fractured wrist, then the pulled calf, uh, now the knee soreness, all that's been shit house. But at least it feels good to know that Nurkic has still got that there, and that if the, the factors come together where he isn't, beset by weird shit going on that the numbers will come. As for Damian Lillard, they're not coming. The field goal percentage is way off. He has really, for some reason, struggled to coexist with CJ McCollum this year, when in the past he's been fine. But Lillard's best games, all of his best games, really, came without McCollum in the lineup. And the games where he plays with CJ, he's really struggled. I believe he's outside the top 100 over the last two weeks. So let's hope that he can get his shit together in this one. The Cavs and the Wizards. Colin Sexton is out with a concussion. And for anyone, if you ever ask me a question about when's, how long is this guy going to be out with a concussion, the answer, I, I would hope you know that by now, is that we have no idea. There is no set timetable for a concussion. A concussion isn't an automatic week out. It isn't an automatic one game out. You might miss, well, you, you miss at least one game here because if you've been diagnosed with it. But you might be back in three days. You might be back in 10 days. You might be back in 40 days. Just have a look at Jarrett Allen. Go back a couple of years and have a look at how long it took Al Horford to return from a concussion. There is no time frame on it. That is the hard thing. So I can sit here and say Sexton's going to miss Sunday because I am sitting here and saying that and he is going to miss. But I can't tell you whether he's a drop next week because he might be back for their first game. He could also sit out the whole week. There is no way of knowing and it is a real predicament. And you know, if we do get hit word that he is out those first two games of the week, then he might be out the rest of the week. He might be out two weeks. He might be out four weeks. We honestly just don't know. Anyway, but what that means is that Darius Garland's going to have... Look, he's been dominating anyway, but he's going to have the real run of things. Now, I don't know what they do in place of Sexton. They've been moving a Coro down into that position because they literally have no other guards. And then they start maybe a Dean Wade at the three, which is just, you know, that's vomit-inducing. Or do they put Larry Nance there? They obviously can't put Tory and Prince there. Do they put the discman Chetty Osman there? He's been literally one of the worst players in the NBA this year. Um, I'd watch out to see what they do with Nancy. For the Wizards, no um, Denny Avdia, obviously. Hal Neto's been getting the starts. As comical it is to see him, Westbrook, and Beal all in lineups together, he's getting the starts. He's played 36 and 34 minutes the last three games, or last two games. And I think he gets 30-plus again here. And I think he's going to be at least worth streaming. As weird as that is. Still no Rui Hachimura, who's out with a left knee. 
Um, and they refuse to start Davis Bertans. They're starting Isaac Bonga. But yeah, Neto's got that role, f- for some reason, uh, pegged down. And then the Dan Gafford situation continues. 24 minutes on the 16th of April. Yes, let's go. Let's let's get loud. Uh, then 16 minutes, then 16 minutes, and then back against the Warriors. Time to get loud again. 24 minutes, and then 15 against the Thunder. Now, I will say this. The one thing in common with the games that he played 16, 16, 15 minutes, it was a 21-point win, a 12-point win, and a 20-point win against dreadful opponents. The Pistons, the Thunder, and the Thunder. The two games where he played 24 minutes were against the Warriors, a win, and against the Pelicans, a win. And before I shit on Scott Brooks too much, they've won eight of their last nine. They've won seven in a row. Uh, uh, Somehow, I have no idea how, and now they've got a chance to take on the Cavs and make it eight in a row. But when the games are tighter, we have seen Gafford's minutes push up because he is clearly the best of those big men. So maybe it's some sort of precaution on the ankle. I am not writing him off as a 12-team league guy at all. I think that if he gets 20, he is there. And I'd like to see how those minutes look in this matchup, which might be closer than the 20-point victory that they had against the uh, Thunder last time. The Bucks and the Hawks, punch Bob Shiploke. Big usage, big efficiency last game, limited minutes. Um, this one might be close. So let's see if they keep his minutes low. He's worth at least streaming. Well, Paddy Connaughton's a nice streamer as well for deeper leagues. While the Hawks did not start Brandon Goodwin last game, he played 22 off the bench, but I thought he was really good. So I think there is a chance that instead of playing Solomon Hill completely out of position at the three, we play um, Goodwin, Herder, and Bogdanovich as the one, two, and three. And if, if we hear that that's happening and Goody's going to play 30 plus, then he is an ad. 22 plus, probably not. But if he starts, then yes. Well, if Clint Capella is out, let's watch for John Collins. The minutes restriction looked like it was lifted last game. But if Capella plays and Collins is back to 30, it's not a minutes limit issue. It's a we don't want to play this guy any more than 30 minutes issue. So let's just keep an eye on how they decide to deploy Collins. If the minutes rise without Capella, if they rise still with Capella, that's going to be a pretty good sign there. The next one is the Pacers and the Magic. O'Shea Brissett, I imagine that he will start, but we do not know the status of DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, or Goga Badadze. Now, they started Jakar Sampson at center last game. He would be the priority if Sabonis and Goga are out. He will start at center, more to the point. But say Sabonis is out and Goga's in, then Goga will start at center. But Brissett has played 42 and 38 minutes the last game. Really big in that first 42-minute game, and then not so much in the next one. Yeah, the, the numbers dropped down, because he isn't that good. But... If those three blokes are out again, there is a huge role awaiting O'Shea Brissett. And I think he's going to start regardless, but 25 minutes versus 35 minutes is a big difference. And Edmund Sumner went off on Saturday. He played huge minutes too, but again, that's in large part due to the absences. But he is clearly, and Brissett is as well, I think, clearly ahead of um, Justin and Aaron Holiday in the rotation. And that's giving them a decent amount of playing time. But remember, if Lamb and Sabonis and Goga all play, that is going to have an impact on Sumner. He is at least turning into someone we can consider as a streamer. For the Magic, Cole Anthony... Really like what we're seeing from him. I want to see how he looks, how the minutes go. Michael Carter-Williams is out, so that's a positive for his playing time. But we don't know about Wendell Carter, Terrence Ross, and Jim Ennis. They are all questionable heading into this one, which might have an impact on Cole. While Mo Bumba... One, two, three, four, five. Started last game in place of Wendell. And he's going to be an elite stream option if we do get Carter ruled out. 28 minutes, pretty good numbers. I don't really trust him long-term as a big minute a night guy because they had seemingly gone back away from him as a 20 minute plus guy. 
But if he starts, then there is going to be value in uh, Muhammad Bamba. The Kings and the Warriors, we know by now that De'Aaron Fox is out. So Delon Wright's going to get a boost in value. Tyrese Halliburton will start, but I'm assuming that he's rostered in all leagues. If he's not, you add him. And Delon Wright's going to get more minutes at the two and more minutes at the one, and he becomes a 12-team league add as well. While Rashawn Holmes, it looks like he is going to be returning for Sacramento. Finally, we can just rid ourselves of the plague that is Hassan Whiteside. He might still get some minutes. He absolutely might not, though. So let's see. You can uh, obviously just clear his ass all the way out of there. For the Warriors, Kelly Oubre, really good games. The last couple coming off the bench. Let's see if he can keep that running. There's no Bazemore. There's no Damo Lee. There's no Eric Paschal. So there is an opportunity for Oubre to really thrive again in that bench role. And I also want to watch Draymond, who, when he's playing at center, the numbers are sky high. That They're really, really good. He's putting up top 50 type numbers at the moment. And the whole team is playing better without uh, without James Wiseman out there, and it's enabling Green. I think a lot of so much of Green's focus when he played with Wiseman was on making sure Wiseman was in the right spot, and his numbers did suffer there. But now we're seeing those numbers push back up. Looney's going to play those center minutes, but um, Green's going to get a bit of time there, as is Juan Toscano Anderson. Streamers, Dillon Wright, Hull Neto, Cameron Johnson, Jordy Poole, and Kevon Looney, a couple of Warriors blokes there. And then for points leagues, Delon and Cole Anthony, Tristan Thompson, Trumara Kiki, and Cameron Johnson. Guys, that'll do it for me. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey while on YouTube. You can give me a thumb. Give me a thumb, ring the bell, hit the notifications. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Good luck in your playoffs. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.